0: Hi, and welcome back to Bounce Forward with me, Tip Hall. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to elders past and present. Now, today I'm going to talk about a time in my life that was really difficult, a time when I had chronic fatigue syndrome, and I'm answering questions about how to train when you feel fatigued or when you feel like you've just fallen off a cliff and you get sick all the time and you just have to reset after reset. So this is a great question for anyone who feels fatigued or has experienced just a bust and I hope that it's super helpful. From Gina now, how do you juggle exercise around sickness? I had chronic fatigue when I was younger and seemed to get every cold the kids get or just run down after big days. I eat pretty well, have protein shakes after training, I take vitamins and just when I'm getting into a great schedule, I fall sick and feel so guilty where I just can't train at all. Oh, Gina, I feel you. I feel you so much. I was very public that I had my own struggles with chronic fatigue syndrome, and it does deplete your nervous system and your immune system, and you become quite delicate. So, I think it comes down to, and the biggest lesson that I learned through my journey with that was about pacing. So, what you're telling me now is that you you get into a good rhythm, and then you get sick, and you get into a good rhythm, and then you get sick. So that means you're booming and then you're busting, the boom and bust cycle. I personally would go hard and then I would crash. The ups and downs would drive me crazy and I was forever resetting and starting again. One step forward, two steps back. It's brutal. What you're not doing is pacing. CFS is always with you and it needs to be managed. So the only way I can explain that is, you know, If you have a big week at work, you're not going to also have a big week with your training. You need to balance your life out. If you have a big week with the kids where there's heaps of appointments and a lot going on with them, then you can't have a big week training and you can't feel guilty about that. That's just life. And it's got to be about pacing. So on those weeks where life is big, my training goes small. And it's not that I feel guilty about the training. It's that I label it a deload week. And I just do either, you know, some mobility, some stretching, some low impact stuff, a walk with Vader in the pram or get some sunshine, like something really easy. I don't feel guilty about it because it is a deload week, but I'm still getting the movement in, which is boosting my mood and the endorphins and all of the good stuff that exercise gives you. I had to learn to pace myself and it's been a big lesson in my life. I'm not able to run 10Ks every day like I used to and add Taekwondo on top of that and strength training on top of that because I do it for two weeks, I feel fantastic. Then I'd crash and my nervous system would tell me, hey, you can't keep going at this level and I'd either get super fatigued or super sick, some kind of virus and I kept going to the doctor. I'm always sick and they never knew that I had run 10Ks every day and I'd done all this stuff. So they never knew it was a boom bust cycle but when I finally laid it all out, And went to a chronic fatigue clinic and was like this is what I do but then I fall off a cliff they're like oh wow this is boom and bust so one of the best things that helped me with this is learning about dims and sims things in life that are dims are danger in me and things in life that are sims are safety in me and life can be divvied up in dims and sims triggers and glimmers dims and sims same deal And so you might have a really stressful work meeting. That's a dim, right? But then a sim might be just sitting, having a cuddle with your daughter on the couch, you know, and watching some TV. So what I do is in my diary is I color code it. Red for dims, green for sims. And I make sure that I have more green time than red time. If I have like some really intense filming days and some really intense meetings and I've got an intense block of work coming up, I make sure that there's a hell of a lot of recovery built in, green time around that. And that might be listening to a meditation, doing some stretch, hanging out with my husband, having a laugh, like just some real little things. It doesn't have to be big, you know, and this green time really has helped me balance out and pace myself. I've also had a lot of sports injuries in my career. So I've had wrist reconstructions, two of them, knee reconstruction, arthroscopes, like you name it. I've probably had it. (laughs) It's horrible. But what that's taught me is the importance of recovery as well. Proper recovery counts. You can't train you know, really hard and not build in the recovery. My dad was an Olympic coach for the sport of Taekwondo and it always fascinated me that when he was working with his players, he would first build in the recovery sessions and then he would build in the fighting sessions, right? the more intense stuff. And I was always like, well, isn't that backwards? Shouldn't you have like the intense training sessions first because they're more important and then the recovery or whatever, you just fit it in later. He'd be like, no, recovery is the most important. That is when the muscle builds. That is when the nervous system calms down. That is when, you know, your brain neurologically is processing all of that information from the training and it's going into your muscle memory and it's so important. So the recovery is more important than the training and he'd always work from recovery backwards. So I've taken that lesson on. It's hard to do. Sometimes you get the guilt, you get the all or nothing attitude creep in, but you have to ignore it. You have to ignore it and you have to train like an athlete. And that means having good recovery as well as having your big training days. And that hopefully will introduce the pacing and stop you getting sick every two seconds. So Gina, if you are in a bust time, you just feel so banged up, you don't wanna go into something that's going to, Arouse your nervous system too much. You don't want to go into a hit session or a big strength session or do a AMRAP or something like that. You want to ease back into the exercise. And that's about teaching your nervous system that it's okay. Movement is safe, that your nervous system doesn't have to go into fight or flight mode and freak out. It can actually be really nice and gentle and still work. You're not going to get that shut down where it triggers fatigue. Now, I love Pilates. I've found that Pilates is a really great way to be introduced back into exercising after a bust cycle. It's gentle. It isolates certain muscles so you're not really doing big compound movements. And, you know, it's really gentle on the body. I love Pilates. I love walking. I know it sounds super simple and it's like, oh, I've come to you for expert advice and you're just saying go for a walk. But walking is so fantastic. You can get your steps up. You can get the fresh air. You can get the vitamin D. It's a mood boosting activity. It's really good great and anything low impact. And I have a lot of low impact stuff on TXO. You can do low impact HIIT training. You can do low impact cycling, zone two training where you just, you can talk and do a little bit of cardio like cycling or treadmill or something like that. As long as you can talk, it's sort of zone two and it's nice and easy on your nervous system, then that's really good. I've done an episode on zone two training, which we can refer to in the show notes for you, that's really nice and can ease you out of a bus cycle so that your body trusts you again and hopefully sustain training where it doesn't freak out into the fight or flight mode. So touching on my dad being an Olympic coach, the kind of things he would do with his players and his athletes, he's a big believer in water. Just add water and it's just so good for your mental health and recovery. So ice baths, fantastic for your nervous system and also swimming. Swimming is great for recovery. If you can get in a pool or an ocean swim, that's really fantastic. Then of course, stretching and mobility. You can do your static stretches. You can do more of your mobility. That's really good for recovery. I love a bit of trigger point therapy as well. So getting a tennis ball and putting it under certain pain points in my back or my glutes, moving the ball around in circles, you know, it it can feel like such a great release. So I really love doing that as well. Thanks so much for listening to Bounce Forward. I love having your company. So please DM me on Instagram at tiphall underscore XO and let me know what topics you'd love me to cover. I want your questions, please, because I love answering them. Don't forget to rate and review me on the podcast app. Speak soon. Happy days.